0: Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Hear from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland with your host, Tiffany Anton, director at the Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. Hello, you're listening to Powered by Her. And Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton with the Biz Foundry, and I have a different sort of guest today um, in the realm of a nonprofit. So that's a little different than and what I've done before. But Becky Davidson is here. Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Tiffany.
1: Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank
0: you. So tell me about your. So this we're going to talk about your entrepreneurial journey, which starting a nonprofit is. Maybe even more difficult because of the heart that goes into it yeah. um, and the lack
1: of money yeah, <laughs> that comes true, from a nonprofit. True. So tell me about your nonprofit. So I am co-founder and president of Rising Above Ministries. And Rising Above is an outreach ministry to the special needs community. And my late husband, Jeff, and I started it in 2005, kind of out of our own experiences of being special needs parents. I'm, I'm the mom to an amazing 21-year-old son, John Alex who has profound special needs. Um, and we saw early on in his life, just you know the, the challenges that we faced as special needs parents and that sense of longing to have a community of other people who understood and got what our life was like. And so in 2005, we started Rising Above Ministries just to offer support and community to families in the Upper Cumberland and having absolutely no idea how it would grow over these years. So
0: you, your intention was just a small kind of little,
1: we had no idea. I mean, we, we honestly were just like, we want to reach out to the families here in the Cookville, upper Cumberland area. And, um, we, we started off by hosting a monthly gathering, a monthly worship service for special needs families to come together because so often special needs families find it challenging to go to church because of their child's unique needs. Uh, Thankfully that's gotten better over these years. Um, But when when we were starting out, I mean, there really, there was was, no one ever had heard of a special needs ministry at a church. It was unheard of. And so we wanted to create a safe place where, you know, we always would say, if your child needs to be up running around, we don't care. If your child makes noises, don't worry about it because our child will be louder than anyone. So just to, to create a safe, welcoming space for families to come. So we started off there and then it just grew. So, how old was John? Al- John Alex was about eight or nine years old okay. when we started. So, what
0: did you do for the first eight or nine years of his life?
1: You did know, you feel like you were on an island. Oh my goodness! I remember feeling like, literally, we were the only family in Putnam County who had a child with special needs because we never saw anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew they were there were other families here. We you know we saw families like when we'd go to school and whatnot, but like at church or other places, we didn't see anybody else and. We did. I remember just going, we are the only ones here in this town who have a child with special needs. And then when we started Rising Above, the family started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Uh, and we just started realizing, oh, my goodness, there is such a need for this. And so that's when we started adding in events.
0: So who who? how did this discuss- take me back to 2000? 2000, probably 2004, 2000, maybe. Yes, um, yes. And Jeff
1: comes to you or you go to Jeff? You know, I think it was just really, we were together, quite honestly, we were... Um, just at a place where we were like, we've got to create something, and I don't remember it being one or the other so much. It was just kind of conversations that we would have, um, and d- just through those conversations, going, "Okay, this is something that's got to happen." So we actually worked with two other couples and worked together to form the nonprofit and get it off the ground. At that point,
0: who? So where, where did you? So clearly, this is something that's real passionate to you and yes. touches your life every single day. Yes. Um, but starting a nonprofit is not I mean, that's and in 2005, I mean, Google's probably around yeah, them, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know,
1: how do you even know where to start? Well, you know, one of the things that that I have learned over these years and Jeff was really good at is, you know, you go to people who know more than you do. Yes. You don't have to have all the answers. I think so often we're like, well, we've got to, You know, we've got to know everything and we've got to have everything. We've got to know absolutely how to do everything. Well, you can't know everything. And so being willing to go to somebody who knows more than you do and have them walk through step-by-step step how you do that. For For us, it was Nancy Knowlton at the Kupfell, at the Quitful Prentices, there was Crisis Pregnancy Center at the time. And she was a dear friend of ours. And so she sat down with us and kind of helped us, you know, go through that. We had another nonprofit who gave us their charter and how they found it. And we kind of took that and then wrote our own from that there's absolutely nothing wrong right. with going to somebody else who knows more than you do and gathering information from them Do
0: you think that that's unique to this community to find people that are gonna hold your hand through that and say
1: yep I'll help you let me let me be with
0: you I, I
1: really do I, I have been in different communities where it's especially in the nonprofit world there's so much competition because there's there's only so many dollars to go around right. and when you are um, you know starting a nonprofit, you, you go, you know, we were going from having a salary to having to raise our own funding, you know, in order for us to, to make a living. And so there is that sense, I think, in other communities. I've never seen anything like it in Cookville um, where we all come together as nonprofit leaders and encourage each other and help each other. And it's like, you know, I'm, I love it when, especially now, like there's certain things that we know how to do really well. And so we'll share that knowledge with other people then there's things that other nonprofits do really well, and we will go to them or they will come to us and go, hey, we know how to do that. Here's an easier way to make that happen. So I think Cookville is very unique in that.
0: So so you mentioned a little bit of you went from earning a salary to to doing a nonprofit. So what were you guys doing? What what was your previous life before? Okay,
1: so, well, Jeff, I I went to school and got an elementary education degree. Mm -hmm. So I taught before John Alex was born. I taught at Capshaw, actually, um, before John Alex was born. And then I decided, you know, the whole I wanted to be able to stay home. So I stayed home with John Alex. And and that, um, was that your
0: plan before? Yes, we'd
1: planned it all on to wait to have children until I could stay home. And I'm so thankful that we did because especially in, when, with his special needs, that was going to end up being so critical. But mm-hmm. Jeff, when we were married, um, we first got married, he was in the corporate world and sold commercial insurance and was, I mean, like an excellent salesman, top in the company. And we were doing really well. I mean, we were living in our dream home we had really nice cars. We had a pool and a hot tub. I mean, we were living, quote, unquote, the dream, you know. <laughs> and then we felt we were called to go into ministry. And I'll, I'll remember the conversations that we had of, you know, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay? You know, we're, we're looking at having this much income to all of a sudden we, we took an 80% pay cut. In order to do it, but we just knew that we were that we were supposed to do it, and that it would all work out, and it did. Yeah, and it we have not missed a beat. I mean, it's just got, God's provided the whole way through through everything.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think your personal strengths are that have kind of led you to be able to be successful in in running a nonprofit?
1: Well, I think for me, um, I think one of the greatest compliments I got um, after Jeff died and I took over the role of leader at Rising Above. Um, one of my board members said to me, he said, you're teachable. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I I was not afraid to go to him and be vulnerable and go, I do not know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's kind of scary as a woman coming in to this leadership role and you want to act like you've, you know, I've got it, this all figured out, I've got it together. But for me to be able to be vulnerable and go, I really have no clue how to do this. Would you mind sitting down and walking me through? And it was amazing because it just showed The leadership of our organization, the board members, you know, she doesn't know these things yet, but she's willing to learn these things and she's willing for us to sit down and show her how to do them. And so I think being teachable Mm -hmm. um, is one thing. Also, I feel like I've got some tenacity. I've been knocked down a lot in my life and um, learning how to redefine those moments and learning how to take those things. And instead of letting them keep me down to go, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way around this and and figure out a way to make this work. And so I think those are the two things as a for me as a female leader, which a lot of people may look at those as weaknesses, but they're really not. They're really strengths to be able to go. No, I'm, I do not know all the answers, but I'm going to ask.
0: Yeah, um, we're, we're going to get back to more of that. Um, the shift of, of things in a second. You're listening to Powered by Her in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. This is Tiffany Anton with the Biz Foundry. And I have Becky Davidson from Rising Above Ministries in today. Um, so. Let's talk about that shift of when Jeff passed away. You were co-founders of this organization. What were you doing before that? Was he more the business aspect Absolutely. of things, running the numbers, doing the hiring, firing, kind of? Absolutely, what
1: he he handled all of that. He hand he handled all of the business aspect of Rising Above and of our family finances, mm-hmm. everything in you know in our homes. So, and so, what
0: were you doing at that point? So at that for point, Above?
1: I was vice president of ministries, which okay. meant I, I was over the ministerial side of things. He was over more of the business side of things. And so um, when he passed away, I had to kind of merge both those two together, not, you know, and take care of, you know, still overseeing the ministerial side of things, but also then now all the business side yeah. of the, you know, the the budgets and the hiring and all of those things that go along with running a nonprofit. I, in a, in a matter of moments, those were shifted to me. Thankfully, we had a succession plan in place already. Um that we that we knew because Jeff had been sick before. We'd had many close calls before. And so we as an organization had a plan already written out as to what would happen should something happen to Jeff. So that just fully, you know, went into play.
0: Any any point in that time. So it was May? Right? May of
1: twenty seventeen. May
0: mm-hmm. of twenty seventeen. So two years ago. Two years ago. Any point in may, june, july where you're like no, this I can't do this. This is um, not.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's moments of and I think what what people if you've never experienced that kind of loss and uh-huh. grief, um there's a thing called widow fog and it's really a real true thing where you just are not thinking clearly and for months and really a year, you're just trying to kind of feel your way through. And so, absolutely, there were moments of like, how in the world am I going to do this?" But I also new that I had to do it. And I don't mean that I had to do it because that was pressure from other people putting it on me. This was what God had placed on us to and do. And that tenacity. And that tenacity, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, no, I have, to, I have to do this. And it actually has been so life-giving to me. I can't imagine if I had said no, if I'd stepped away, I, I would not be doing as well as I'm doing now mm-hmm. um, had I done that. Um, it has given me purpose and, and given me a reason just to, you know, I've, I've got stuff to do.
0: Yeah, and that's it's it's nice to have that focus of like, okay, well, I got this goal in mind, and I need to go go towards this, and yes. just keep going, keep your head up, and and keep going.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So what you you started kind of another little side project in lieu of the the past two years that you've gone through. Yeah. So tell me
1: about that. So through all of this, you know, Jeff had started a book before he passed away um, that was for dads of kids with. Raising children with special needs, and um, he that was he was supposed to have that done just shortly before he passed away, and thankfully I was able to come alongside, work with the publisher, work with with his agent, and get that finished. Through all of that, um, I started realizing, um, just learning a lot about the grief process, learning a lot about survival skills when you have experienced such traumatic loss, and. Um, So I worked with my sister, Susan, who she lives in Maine, and we worked together and just kind of came up with, we named it Redefine This Life. Mm -hmm. And um, we're still working on, you know, what exactly this looks like. What What redefining it? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and and, but there is basically, you know, um, when someone... Experiences loss. Now, and for me, my, most of my loss has been physical loss. You know, a, a loss of my husband. We had a traumatic miscarriage. You know, I have a child with profound special needs. You grieve those that life you thought you were going to have. But people experience loss every day, the loss of a job, going through a divorce. You know, just loss is loss. You know, the, uh-huh. it, it could be the loss of, of physically someone dying or a loss of a job. But, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you personally handle that but then someone who's a friend or someone on the outside how do you then come alongside that person and help them walk this journey and so that's a component of it it's just how do you you know when before Jeff died I had no idea how to come alongside and walk along with someone who was dealing with that kind of grief Mm -hmm. I would have I had no clue well I have an idea now (laughs) at least for me what was helpful for me but also part of that is then how do you redefine this life? You know, I've had so many labels put on me now because, you know, I'm a I'm a, you know, special needs mom, I'm a widow, a solo parent. Um and all those labels, you know, yes, they describe me, but they don't define who I am as a person. And so how have I gone in there and and said, you know, when you look at a solo parent, that's that sounds so isolating and so um like you're doing this all by yourself. That's not the reality. I've got people coming alongside me, helping me. And so there's certain tools and certain things that I've done over these past two years that are helping me to redefine my situation and and not stay in that pit and in that place of despair.
0: I want to hear a little bit more about what what that's going to look like in a second. Uh, you're listening to Powered by Her and the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton. My guest is Becky Davidson, and we're just hearing about her new venture called Redefine This Life. So are you thinking that this is going to, I know this is in a fairly new phase yeah. of, of things. Is this going to be a nonprofit? Are you are you going to run this
1: as a business? This will be a business. This will be a for-profit. Look at you. Yeah, this is for, I've already got my business license. I've got, I've, you know, I've got all the my things in place. I already, you know, we're working on um a website that will be up and going in about two weeks and I'm uh, working with Foxtrot branding. We love those girls. Excellent. And, um, you know, just getting, um, getting the awareness out there, but the website will be a place where you can come. You can, it's going to be just full of resources, free downloadables, but I'm, we're also going to have a store where, you know, one of my big pet peeves honestly is, um, when, when Jeff died, I mean, people were so sweet and they would send you sympathy cards but sometimes sympathy cards are just, they just don't say really what you're feeling and what you're going on. So yeah. we're going to create a line that really get to the heart yes. and really real and raw. And, you know, just are
0: they maybe going to have some cuss words? In there? I doubt they'll have cuss words
1: because I am a Christian nonprofit leader, but but maybe a lot <laughs> of, um, yeah, I mean, just of going, <laughs> you know what, it's, it's, it's. I think people want to just flower things up and try to make mm-hmm. them feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But the reality is somebody who's grieving, you want somebody to, to see your pain. And mm-hmm. I think one of the sweetest things for me was actually about two weeks ago. Um, it, was the, it was the day that, it was two years that Jeff had died, since Jeff had died. And I was, my sisters and I used this app called Marco Polo where we can do kind of a, a video text kind of thing and so I'd sent my sisters a Marco Polo and my my older sister who's doing working with me with redefine this life sent me a text and she, back and she just said I see the pain in your eyes
0: mm.
1: I see I know this is a hard day and I see it in your eyes and I want to acknowledge that I see that mm-hmm. and what that did for me you know mm-hmm. just to, for somebody to see me and mm-hmm. see my pain Instead of just going, it's going to be okay. You, when you're in the pit, you don't you don't want that. And I know yeah. you've if you've been through pain, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so just to, to be able to create tools for for other for you as a friend to be able to come alongside, you know, I don't I don't know what to do. Well, here look, here you go. Right, it's right here. But there will also so there'll be products that'll go along with that of how you redefine this life. One of the biggest things for me that's helped me redefine this life is my tribe, my group of girls. And so teaching other women, women, sometimes they just don't have a clue. How do you, how do you even start getting a group of friends together? Well, we're going to walk you through mm-hmm. here, step-by-step. Step. Here's, here's how you do it. Having monthly um, tribe night ideas for you where it's all laid out for you right there. You can go and download it and you've got your whole idea for, for each, for that month of what you do when you get together with your girlfriends.
0: So compare now compared to 2005, what's the the differences between starting a nonprofit and starting a, a for-profit business? Um, you know, they're both very clearly very near and dear to your heart mm-hmm. and very passionate, things you feel very passionate about. Yeah. What do you think um, the differences
1: have been? Well, I think just really coming at it from, you know, the nonprofit world, you're looking at raising your funds and going out and, and getting your, your donors to to quote unquote, buy into your message and what you're, you're doing. And now the for-profit just has it. I I really, I'm learning my way through that right now, but it does have a, it has a different feel. I mean, you still have to get your business into things. A lot of that is similar in a lot of respects, but um, just I'm right now, I'm trying to navigate the business side of it and learning. And and again, I've learned to come alongside. I've got my accountant who I go and sit down with and go, I have no clue. What do I need to do? And I think, you know, Having those people that, that, um, that, you, you, that you can sit down with before you get in a mess, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like on, on the front end sitting down and going, OK, help me figure out how, what, how do I need to do this so that I'm not come tax time going, OK, I got this whole mess I got to unravel here. Right.
0: So what is your plan to, for, to kind of get this redefine your life message out there? How are you going to market it? How are you going to reach are you kind of going to start with the community you already have or
1: we're we're going worldwide i mean we you know the website's going to be a great you know the great landing place for that um there'll be a book hopefully i mean that's the plan it's you know we're working on the, uh, on a the book that will basically tell my story and grief and about how come you know coming al- how to come alongside someone who's walking through that and then second phase of that is then how do you redefine this life and so we kind of have a we have a plan you know of how we want to do that but there will be blogs there'll be podcasts there just talking with other people letting them share their story i'm i'm really big right now about i want to hear people's story i want to know um you i want to hear from you i want to learn from you and from different people and so um that's Telling, letting people tell their stories, I think, is so important. Well, and
0: that's very true. I think with grief is that, first of all, everybody processes it differently. Mm-hmm. So something that may work for you absolutely might not work for me. It might be different, difficult. Um, but I think at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be heard.
1: That that's the whole thing. You want to be seen. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to, wants to be seen and heard, and to be acknowledged. Everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're going through, and so that's that's really. Uh, it was very interesting because I had a conversation with my sister this weekend talking about redefine this life. And that was one of the things that she had been feeling that exact same thing. And then I said that, you know, I said, people just want to be seen. And she said, that's exactly what, you know, and so we know that we're on to something there that, that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drive down the road and I'll see someone walking on the road and I'll go, you know, I wonder what their story is. Why are they, why are they walking down the road? You know, it's just mm-hmm. interesting to me. I want to know about people because it, when we learn when we are willing to stop and take the time to find out about someone, we find out why they behave the way they do, why they act the way they do, why they may respond to things. You know, sometimes somebody will respond to something in a way that we find, you know, abrupt or, you know, well, what in the world's going on? with them? Well, there's usually a reason why And when we were willing to stop and take the time to learn someone's story. Then we have empathy and compassion and understanding.
0: And I think that that is what makes. Women a bit different than men mm-hmm. in the leadership realm, yeah, is that we can sense that emotional aspect of where people are coming from, and we can um, adjust our leadership sc- skills or style with that and and think, okay, well, maybe it's not I have not done anything wrong, right. Let's figure out where this person's coming from. Yeah,
1: and I think it's just so important to just be willing to stop and and, and not judge somebody. Because of something that we're seeing, when really there there could be a whole myriad of things going on that we have no no clue about, and we may never know about. And just being willing to offer that grace to someone else, just like I'd want offered to me.
0: Yeah, we're going to get back to the rising above um, journey in yeah. a second. This is Tiffany, and you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. Becky Davidson is here, and she's been telling us a little bit about her redefine this life um, business that she's starting. Uh, she also started a nonprofit. Rising Above Ministries, her and her late husband. Um, what advice did you get early on in your journey with Rising Above that was really helpful that maybe you're able to apply now to your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Well, you know, I told you you worked with Nancy Knowlton, mm-hmm. and she's just a dear, dear friend to me. And I remember her telling me, and it really didn't make sense at the time in the nonprofit where I was at that point. It, does, it totally does now that I am in the leadership role. But she said, you know what? It's great when you get those big checks. You know, when you have get those really big donations, she said that's fabulous. But she said you cannot build your nonprofit on that. It's those people who give twenty five dollars every month, or those people who sew, you know, sew in little bits every every month or every year. Those are the ones. That's how you're going to build your foundation, and and getting those people to come alongside early on to get the, get um, grab hold of your vision of what you're doing, that's how you're going to build your your ministry. And it's, you know, those big checks are great. Trust me, when we get a big, you know, when something, a windfall comes like that, we're just like, oh, my goodness, dancing because we're so excited. But it's those, it's the people who are faithfully mm-hmm. um, supporting you and so believing in what you do is what's going to keep you going.
0: Well, and I'm sure in this um, business, the people who are invested in just to be part of this community are probably a little more, um, get your heart a little bit more than than somebody who's going to, you know, publish your book, you know, necessarily. Those people who are really buying into what you're Mm -hmm. doing. So tell me, let's go for um, some difficult times. So, I mean, of course, when Jeff passed, but before that, when you were, you know, you guys had about 10 years of Mm this um, nonprofit that I'm sure there were times that you were like, Maybe we should fold this. This is not, we're not bringing in the money. We're trying to, you know, we got not enough people, not enough money, um, a million things to do. Yeah. Any Any moments really stick out for you?
1: You know, honestly, there there weren't. We knew from the get-go we were supposed to do this. There has never been a moment, honestly, that we felt like we were going to close the doors ever. Every, this is what I've always found so interesting. We would have our yearly budget meeting with our board. And we would set the budget. You know, they would determine where the budget was going to be. Jeff would propose something. They would set it. And we would end up setting it, and we always came in just right above that every year. The next year we'd come in, and the board would raise it. I mean, I can see Jeff right now, and they'd go, "I think we need to go here," and his eyes would get wide. Like I've got, we got to raise these funds. Every year we'd come in just above that, mm-hmm. and so there has never been a moment where we felt this was not our calling. There was never been a moment where we felt like we needed. We, we should shut the doors. It's just never I think when you're doing what God has called you to do and you're following His path, we like i said, every every time we've never been short of what we needed, so I think probably the the hardest thing that that we dealt with just as a married couple was working together, yes, um, you know, when we started off, Jeff was working in the corporate world, and I was kind of running. We were very small, you know, but I was kind of doing the day to day. Um, I was actually president first of uh, Rising Above when we <laughs> were because he had a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um when we decided that we were supposed to be doing this full time and we were actually working together full time and trying to figure that out, that that was when it was probably more challenging wasn't so much the ministry itself. It was just us as a married couple trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to work together?
0: Personally? Yeah. But We figured
1: it out. Yeah. We did. And in time it took time. It did. It took time. Well, and so when did you decide that? So we kind of laughed that you
0: thought you were starting this Cookville ministry right. um at the beginning of this. And, and when did you decide the time was right? That, that Jeff was going to do this yeah. full time that you were going to scale. And so how, let, let's touch base on that quick. How big is this is rising above at this point? So
1: right now we, we, have different levels of what we do. So we're, we are on the local level. We minister and support local families through um, just getting together. We have just have community events for families, such as our Easter extravaganza, our Heroes Ball. We host the Tim Tebow Night to Shine Prom, which is always such a huge thing. And just providing support, ongoing support each month just for special needs community the special needs community but then on the national level we host retreats we host retreats for mom we have coming up in just a couple of weeks our by the brook retreat where moms from all across the country will come to cookville where we pamper them and encourage them how far is the farthest mom away so this year we have someone coming in from new york wow yeah and so they they do that i looked at the signups recently and it's like we have someone coming from new york and so and these moms, they plan their whole summer around this weekend. How did you get to that point where you can, how do you reach, marketing-wise, how do you reach somebody in New York? Social media. That's. I mean, it's through Facebook. Yeah. And it's through, we. you know, we put things out on social media. And, and we do a lot. Um, the, the person who's over all of our social media platforms at Rising Above, she's really good at creating contests and things where then people will share things. And so... So, you can win like a free ticket to come to Buy the Brook or something like that. And so, it's just a matter of getting people to share. Um, what we put out there. Well,
0: and I'm sure there's a lot of groups. That's the thing with Facebook is that it is a marketing platform, Mm -hmm. but it really at the heart of it and what it started as is a community. Exactly. And so when you have these nonprofits that kind of pull on your heartstrings,
1: those people are using it as that community aspect still. Absolutely. And for, for, especially in the special needs world, a lot of families, that's their only community is through what they get in through Facebook. Right. And so uh, that's part of what we try to do is to to we we provide community on Facebook. But then we also I mean, I know from my own personal experience, there's nothing like actually sitting across the table from someone or sitting in a group of a room full of people that understand what you're going through. So trying to find ways to make it where they can actually come to us or us come to them. So
0: what do you do in a situation? So a mother with a profound special needs child. Mm-hmm. Um, You know that's a lot of work to figure. Usually, that mother is the the primary caretaker. So, what? How do they work all that out? I mean, it's difficult for me to figure out my kids. And
1: well, and so that's where we're rising above, where we are, we adjust as we see the culture changing and we see the needs changing. So, for instance, this year at By the Brook, every year in the years past, you've had to come to By the Brook, you've had to come to Cookville to be a part of it. Well, this year we're offering where you can, if you live in Oregon or you live in Washington State, you're way too far away where you come, or if you have a child where you physically just cannot get here, we want you here because you're going to get the full benefit of, you know, all the pampering and all the fun. But if you can't, then we're going to be live streaming it. You can buy a ticket where you can you can be part of the live stream. And so what we're encouraging is for Say that I'm a, I'm a special needs mom in another state. There's no way I can come. But I've got a couple of friends who could come to my house. You know, my child may be the one who's got the most profound special needs. But I know a couple other moms that could come to me. And so you have your own little by the brook
0: mm-hmm.
1: there with your group of, of mom friends while it's live going on here. Then about a month after we are finished with our one here, it will be um, available for download on our website. And so then you could have a retreat with a group of moms. A church could, could host a, host an event. A community could host an event where we're providing the content.
0: Well, and that kind of goes back to your Redefine This Life of trying to find your tribe, to find a tribe that will come together to maybe attend a, a remote by the brook Absolutely. together. So Absolutely. that kind of... It all comes full circle, it does. doesn't it? It does. So, um, in a second, we're going to get back to the pivot question that I asked. Um, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton with the Biz Foundry, and we have Becky Davidson, co founder, current CEO of Rising Above. And are you CEO of Redefine This Life? Yeah. Okay. I am. So, a um, couple hats that she wears. <laughs> so, we talked about when you decided to scale and, and pivot that you, you realized you had to kind of reach out besides. In this area right what what was that choice like
1: well we it really was just a natural thing we started seeing you know I think when we started hosting retreats we were having moms come to us who were going oh we want this so badly in our neighbor in our community or we would have moms reach out to us or dads reach out to us and say I so need this but there's no way I can come to Cookville and so we've been really good at just We see, okay, this is the need. What can we do? Our heart is to reach special needs families. That's the heart behind everything that we do. And so we are going to, you know, leverage technology, leverage whatever we can in order to create something that will meet people where they are meet the demands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and it's always a, it's a continuum of, of adjusting as like you said, as the time goes on and
1: technology improves change. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just so whatever. So that's our heart. It's just, we, our heart is to what we want to reach these. We know what it's done for us. Mm -hmm. And so we want other people to get to experience that same thing. So what do we need to do to do that? Yeah.
0: Any other last minute before we wrap up here? Um, Tips of advice that you would
1: say about somebody who wants to start a nonprofit or a business in general? You know, for us, um, we had this holy discontent of there's this need. We see special needs families who feel isolated, alone, and we were going to do what we need to do to meet that need. Then with Redefine This Life, I've seen these steps that we're going to share through Redefine This Life, how they have gotten to me where I'm able to sit across from you now and share about still running a nonprofit and starting a new business after the tragic loss of my husband, and so to be able to share those tools, and so I think find your passion, find what it is that you are passionate about, and then run after it with everything you've got in you.
0: And I th- I think that's such a great aspect because your passion doesn't have to be a special you know a special needs family or something philanthropic. Your passion could be that you you know, really think that cooking is the greatest thing in the entire world. And it doesn't make, you know, one a better avenue Mm -hmm. than the other. It's each person. We're all created with different sets of
1: passion. And that's important for us to tap into. Absolutely. And I think we all have things to share. You know, we all have knowledge that that we need to impart to others and share that knowledge with others. And so I think whatever it is that that's on your heart, that's like, man, this is just really important to me then there's probably somebody else out there who my my thing has been always, I've I've found people who are further down the path than I am. So like I will have another special needs mom who is years down the path, who's already gone through what I'm going through right now that I can go to. And so wherever you are, there's somebody who's not as far along as you are that can you, that needs your knowledge and Mm -hmm. your information. So to be, be willing to share that, however, whatever that looks like in your world with others. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to have you. This is Tiffany Anton, and you've listened to Powered by Her in the and Oakley Podcast Center. Becky Davidson was our guest with Rising Above. You can find her at the Rising Above Facebook page and RedefineThisLife.com. Thank you so much.